It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, made it to a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage, John Spears in studio. I want to say an early thank you to the Nevada Wolfpack. Yeah, they beat uh, New Mexico State, covered. That gave me one win and six tries in last week's unsponsored six-pack. Justin, I told the listener, and I tell them every week, and I'll continue to tell them, bet against me. If you listened, congratulations. That's not the way to get a sponsor on the six-pack, No, no, no. I think it is. I'm giving out what I think are going to be winners. You're almost, almost, I got to say almost, Guaranteed to be a winner if you bet the other way. So it's, it's you know historically it's accurate. It's called in in horse racing. It's called a past performance chart. When there is a nag in the field, you look at the past performance chart and you don't bet on that nag. It's that simple. Welcome in. It's Monday, August 29th. Week one is upon us. Week zero, and I still think that's an insult to all the teams that played, is now over. I don't know if Nebraska left Scott Frost in Dublin, Ireland. They may have. Remember when Lane Kiffin got left by USC on the tarmac? This might have been the same same situation. Northwestern, a double-digit underdog, projected to win over-under of three-and-a-half this year, beats Nebraska, who had an over-under of seven-and-a-half. And 28-17, all right, I'll get to that. Oh, Scott Frost. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. It is Monday, August 29th, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's getting late in the game, but summer cash bash at Thornton's is still going on. Each week, one lucky refreshing rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long. Grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text 80313. Text rewards, I should say, to 80313. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Rory McIlroy comes from six back on Sunday to win the Tour Championship. Boy, the PGA could not be happier. Because there's another mass exodus. When I say mass exodus, somewhere between Five and eight golfers are going to head over to the Live Tour. Now that the FedEx playoffs are done, the Tour Championship's over, we're getting ready for the President's Cup in three weeks, but there are no uh, PGA tournaments left on the schedule. The new schedule starts now in January instead of November, I believe. So these guys are going to leave. If they were going to leave and they were keeping it under wraps because they didn't want the PGA Tour to know, now they're going to leave. Cameron Smith, number two player in the world, He'll be the biggest name leaving, but Mark Leishman is going. Harold Varner III is going. Joaquin Neiman from Chile 
is gone. Anurban Lahiri from India, gone. And American Cameron Tringali are among the luminaries that are headed to the Live Golf Tour. And Mito Pereira, the young Mexican, um, is rumored to be the next name to go. But PGA could have been happier with what happened this weekend. Their face, their spokesperson, their guy who has gotten into Twitter wars with Greg Norman and Patrick Reed and anybody else won the tournament. $18 million to Rory. He beat Scotty Scheffler, who I, I don't want to say he imploded, but he went five under, four under, four under to get to 23 under. He was 10 under to start the tournament. Going into Sunday's final round, they finished Saturday's rained out round on Sunday morning. He was 23 under. He was one of two players on Sunday to shoot over par. Ooh. 73 for the number one player in the world. Sung J.M., who's 21 years old, finished tied for second. They were both 20 under. Rory comes, again, six shots back. He played great. His third FedEx Cup title. And now we just sit and wait. Who's leaving for live? Cameron Smith leaving. That means he won't play for uh, the international team in the President's Cup. Couple guys, uh, Joaquin Neiman, same situation, won't be allowed to play in the President's Cup because the President's Cup is still under the auspice of the PGA Tour. This is uh, all, this is all fine yeah. and dandy, but the Live has got to change the way they yeah. go about tournaments, and now. that's the next step. They don't, they can't support all these golfers. That it's a uh, shotgun start, forty-eight players, forty-eight players. There's like over a hundred now. There are, yeah, you got to have uh, two different courses if you want to do that, yeah. right? They're playing, I think, this weekend or next weekend in, I want to say, Boston. Um, but again, you got to go to YouTube or the uh, livegolf.com to, to watch if you want this weekend. Look, you can have walk-up music. That's great. You're not changing the game. And they are going to have to change. Now, you can go 54 holes. The Champions Tour, other than their major tournaments, play 54 holes, the old guys like me. They play 54. I, all right, I got no problem with that. You want to shorten the tournament to 54 holes, that's great. You can't have a shotgun start. You can't have team golf. The only team golf we ever see is Ryder Cup and President's Cup, and that's that's less team golf than what we're seeing in the Live Tour. Four-man teams. Uh, and I think they will. I think eventually they'll say, okay, we tried this. We're going to go ahead and start playing conventional tournaments. We're not going to have a shotgun start anymore. Maybe we still have only 54 holes, but we're going to give out a bunch of money. We're going to take that Saudi blood money and we're going to have a bunch of it out. Uh, and that's eventually, I think, what will happen. They've got, they're committed to 14 tournaments next year. And I think after that, one of two things is going to happen. The Saudis are going to get bored with it and say, you know what? That was fun, but we're not giving you any more money. And then it's gonna, you'll never hear of it again, and you're going to have a bunch of guys begging to get back on the PGA Tour, or they're going to change the format, and you're going to have a bunch of tournaments, and it's going to be re uh, stroke play, just like every, almost every tournament is now. I mean, it, it has to change, because there's, it's only a matter of time, if they keep it the way it is, that guys are just going to be begging to come back on the PGA Tour as it is because they're constantly getting left out of tournaments. And I think Jay Monahan wants to be the commissioner when that day happens. Sure. And Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas and 
uh, a bunch of these other guys. Cameron Young, the 21-year-old, the young guy, finished. I think he finished second five times this year. He is going has said he is. He talked to live, but he's going to stay. Uh, these are the guys that are going to be Smith. waiting at the gate to either let you back in or tell you no. And I think I, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be told, "Sorry, good luck. Go play on the Corn Ferry Tour." Ah, oh, well, hate it. And we knew this was going to happen. Okay, and I said this weeks ago. As soon as the FedEx Cup is over. Let's see who leaves because there's going to be more guys that are keeping it under their undercover, not letting anybody know. They've talked to Greg Norman or they've talked to representatives of the Live Golf, and they're going to go. And that's what's happening. But today's about football, Justin. Kentucky coach Mark Stoops. <clears throat> excuse me. That's a long weekend there. That's a long weekend of yelling at the TV when you're going one and five. <laughs> uh, Mark Stoops holding his uh, first in-week Game week press conference as we speak. Chris Rodriguez is nowhere to be found on the depth chart that was just released. Louisville has uh, sent their depth chart out as well. Um, no surprise here, but the uh, starting running back for the Cards, and we kind of kind of saw this coming because he got a lot of love. It's the transfer, Tyon Evans, the five uh, eleven, two hundred thirteen pound junior. The surprising part to me is that Jalen Mitchell and Travion Cooley are listed behind Jawar Jordan as the backup running back. All three of those guys are redshirt sophomores. Uh, other than that, everything pretty much falls in line what we thought it would be on these depth charts. Louisville does have some interest at cornerback because they have the starter listed and then below them the backup. At cornerback, both cornerback spots, they have the starter listed, Chandler Jones and Catrell Clark, or, in Chandler Jones' case, Jarvis Brownlee, and in Clark's case, Quincy Riley. They don't have them one-two. They have one or this guy. So Catrell Clark is supposedly 100%. That's what he said at, the, uh, at media day at Cardinal Stadium. Chandler Jones, the senior, expected to be the other cornerback. It, it appears that there's a competition right now at those cornerback spots. And that's – I don't know if that's good or bad if you're a Louisville fan. You expected those two guys, Jones and Clark, to be the guys. They were going to be the guys out on the islands, one-on-one, -on -one, stopping big plays from happening. And either the two backups are playing great in the camp – or those two guys are not playing great in the camp. And if you're a Cardinal fan, you certainly hope it's the former, not the latter. But this is it, all right? Football's here. We had some college football appetizer week, I like to call it. It was appetizer week. You like that? Love it. The entrees coming up Saturday with games like Oregon, Georgia, and, uh, of course, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite at home over the fifth-ranked team in the country. And I said this last week. It feels like it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, than everybody else. It's like one, two, three, and then let's just go to ten because those those top three they are the top nine. Mm -hmm. um, I saw Desmond Howard uh, in the college football preview show on ESPN. I, I don't. I you look, guys do things a lot of times on television and in media just to get noticed. You know, one guy 
doesn't vote for Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame. One guy, okay? What are we talking about? We're talking. We're not talking about the ninety-nine point five percent that voted for Derek Jeter. We're talking about that one. Who's that one guy? Who's that dude? So Desmond Howard's Final Four playoff: Pittsburgh, Baylor, Michigan, Texas A and M. No Alabama. No Georgia. No Ohio State. No Notre Dame. No Clemson. Now, is he doing it because he thinks this is just going to be a crazy year and a and parody with NIL has gotten where everybody is catching up with those other schools, or is he just trying to get recognition? You tell me. Justin, you tell me. I mean, it's yeah, I did see that uh, yesterday, and I was like, what? I, th- <laughs> I, th- I almost thought it was a joke. I thought somebody had, like, screen grabbed and put a bunch of stuff together. I was like, is this guy serious? I mean, he didn't nail one out one team. Yeah. And, you know, Pittsburgh's got Clovis, the transfer uh, quarterback from USC, and they're saying all the right things. Oh, my gosh. You thought Kenny Pickett was good? Wait till you see this guy play for us. By the way, they're on Louisville's schedule. A&M, I get it a little bit. If you beat Alabama, and that game is in College Station this year, then you have the inside track to get to the SEC championship game out of the SEC West. Okay, you still got to beat Alabama at home. You still got you're still going to have to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game in in Atlanta. By the way, Baylor. I don't know if the Big Twelve's being taken seriously. I mean, you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. I mean. The SEC almost always has two teams in the Final Four, mm-hmm. right? They Same almost always do. Uh, Michigan, okay, they were there last year. That's your, What you're saying is that win over Ohio State in Ann Arbor was not a fluke, that they're going to do it again this year. And they're going to beat um, you know, the great quarterback and the, the Buckeyes two years in a row. They haven't done that. Look, they hadn't beaten them in, in a long time. They haven't beaten them twice in a row in a long time. So I think Desmond Howard just trying to be different, just trying to be different here. Do you hear about Michigan's quarterback situation? No. They just named a starter, I think. They named a starter for week one, and their number two is going to start oh, yeah, in yeah, week yeah. two. Yeah. And then to be well, determined in week three. I guess if – I've always said this. If you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have any quarterback. If you have two guys that you that you like, that means you don't have anybody that you like. Because you need a clear number one quarterback in the game of college football. You do. If you want to compete at that highest level, you need a guy. Alabama's got Bryce Young. Ohio State's got Stroud. You need a guy. Now, Georgia's, Georgia's done that. They plug guys in and out. The, uh, the, the five-foot-eight nerd ends up winning the job every year. Whatever his name is, I can't remember. Spencer, or, or you know, he's got one of those. He's a guy, he's a nerd. He wins the job just about every year. They don't want to give it to him, and all of a sudden, he's your quarterback. But this is, and the schedule has something to do with this, right? Let's be honest. If they were opening with Georgia, followed by Notre Dame, they're trying to figure out who their number one quarterback is. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, Michigan's going to uh, – look, I like Jim Harbaugh. And he, he got a lot of – he bought a lot of time when he beat Ohio State and got to the playoff last year. Beat Ohio State, ran Wisconsin out of the uh, the uh, Big Ten championship game. 
Uh, and this was a guy that I would say he was on a warm seat. He went on a hot seat, but he was on the warm seat. By the way, Scott Frost's hot seat got even hotter. Oops. On fire. So Michigan's schedule, they open with Colorado State Saturday at home and then Hawaii at home who just got clocked by Vanderbilt. And then you got UConn at home. So if you're Jim Harbaugh, you can actually probably start quarterback number three in game three. Yeah, I mean, if you want to. Wow. First four games are home games for Michigan. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, and Maryland. Well, that's the way we used to schedule. That's the way everybody used to schedule, right? Get, let's get four wins in. This is three. Maryland's a conference game, so I don't really count that. But you, you, let's get three wins in, and then we'll go from there. We just need six to get to a bowl game. Let's get three in, and we'll go from there. All right, we're going to recap week one. <laughs> the uh, Nebraska-Northwestern game, still shaking my head. But we're going to recap week one. The NFL preseason is over. The next NFL game you see will be Buffalo and the Rams uh, 10 days from now on a Thursday night. If you have Amazon Prime. you got to get Amazon Prime if you want to see it. That'll be the next NFL game. The Steelers had some injuries yesterday. Tom Brady. All right, I, got, I know it's clickbait. I know I'm just trying to get you to listen. But I got to talk about Tom Brady some more. We'll take a break. Come back with all of that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports. About Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Mark Stoops acknowledged multiple players are unavailable this week, but declined to confirm who they were. Look, I'm I'm all for not letting the other team know who which of my two quarterbacks is going to start and all that. But if uh, people aren't available, I think the fan base wants to know. Now, Chris Rodriguez is not on the depth chart. He's not, and I think he also said. Here's what Stoops said. These players have some rights as well, and I have to be very conscientious of that. No, they don't. They're not going to play. Just tell me they're not. You don't have to tell me why. But, hey, he's out. Coach's decision. He's out. Hamstring uh, tweak. He's out. Um, You know, no longer on the team. Tell me. Coaches don't care about the fans. Well, when you're ten and two and ten and three, and you can uh, now, went now I'm Mark Stoops. Hey, now I was I was Mark Stoops. Now I'm Mark Stoops. I can do whatever I want. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is apparently, apparently, according to reports, he's going to miss at least the first half of the opening game. I'm sorry, at least the opening game. Well, we know that. He's not on the depth chart. All right. I'm not angry. I'm not. Smoke listed at their number one running back? Cavassier Smoke. That's kind of Tom McClain is not listed as a backup, which surprised me. Is he on there? He's not in there anywhere. Hmm. He's not on there anywhere. Who's the backup? Uh, I got it right here in front of me. And it's a name that most Kentucky fans will not. 
uh, under Ramon Jefferson. Okay, yeah. He is a uh, senior transfer from Sam Houston State. He also has played at Garden City Community College, Maine, and Truman College. So uh, a lot of uh, frequent flyer miles for Ramon Jefferson, who is listed as the backup running back. Deuce Hogan, by the way, the sophomore transfer from uh, Iowa, is uh, the backup quarterback to Will Levis. So your quarterbacks are transfers from Penn State and Iowa. Kentucky should join the Big Ten. Just means more. All right, so so Nebraska Northwestern. I'm watching the game from Ireland. First of all, they run out of they they uh, ran out of beer in Ireland. Did you see this, Justin? I didn't. Well, they I'm, were giving it away. For I'm free. watching the game. There's a internet issue at the stadium in Dublin, and they can't charge people for anything and any concessions. So everything was free. Give me some fish and chips and a nice cold. Um, you know, brewski there. Nothing. Everything's free. They ran out of beer. That's how soccer stadium fights break out. You ever see the soccer stadium riots? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they run out of beer. And these are the same fans. Uh, But they ran out of beer. So Nebraska doesn't play great in the first half. They trail by, I think, three at the break. They come out. They score two touchdowns within the first six minutes of the second half. It's 28-17, Cornhuskers. I'm starting to count my first win here. I'm starting to count it. You went Nebraska? Yeah, I did. Oh, I had man. Northwest, and I said Northwestern all week on this show. And then at the last minute, and when, oh, I, when I was doing the six-pack Friday, I, I picked Nebraska. <laughs> Jeez. I know. I know. And it's 28-17, momentum is all Nebraska's way, and Scott Frost dials up an onside kick. You have scored. You have stopped Northwestern. You have scored again quickly, and now you give Northwestern the ball on the Nebraska 40, 45-yard line. Needless to say, the Wildcats from Evanston went down and scored and won the game, scored again later, 131-28. Scott Frost was a coach that everybody wanted when he was at Central Florida. I mean, remember they celebrated a national championship? They they got their own rings because they were undefeated. They won their bowl game and, you know, we're not allowed to get in the playoff. We're, we're declaring ourselves national champions. Parade in Orlando. And he was, he was a hot item. Now he's on the hot seat. Does Scott Frost make it through the regular season? No shot. I don't know. It's hard to fire a, a college coach in mid in midterm. It's also they, hard. They to can keep... walk away like Bobby Petrino does, but it's hard to fire. It's also hard to hang on to him when you're just not getting results. Well, it depends how crazy the fan base is, and Nebraska's fan base is traditionally one of the most passionate in all of sports. And there were some great videos of watch parties in Lincoln and around Nebraska, and these people were not happy. Not happy at all. So that was my first loss. So I thought, okay, you know what? That happens. 
took the wrong coach. Pat Fitzgerald can certainly coach at Northwestern. I took the wrong coach. E me. Right? That one's on me. But that's okay. I got WKU, and they're scoring a lot of points. WKU beats Austin P 38-27. 26.5-point favorites. 0 for 2. And that game was close the whole time. It was. Yeah, that was even though they won by 11, P was actually in this game almost well into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. I got Wyoming. Surely, surely the Cowboys are going to keep it close with Illinois. How many I mean, did it's you get Illinois. There? Illinois is a, over or under four and a half. 38 to six. What was the spread on that? I got, uh, I think. I think 14. Ooh. Let me look here because I got it right here. 13. Not even 14. Yikes. Got 13. Not good, Bob. 0 for 3. That's all right. We got a lightning delay down in Tallahassee, right? ACC Network, Florida State, and Duquesne. I'm getting 39, 39, 47 to 7. Makes it 40. I'm, I was told there would be no math on this show, <laughs> but 0 for 4 is really easy to figure out. All right, I got two late games here to, to you know, it's, it. I call it get back time, right? You're over at the gambling parlor. You bet bet these games. You got these two games left. You know what? I'm going to run over and jack the price up a little bit here because it's get back time. Nevada, thank you. Given eight and a half, 23 to 12. Certainly not one where you, uh, you know, are comfortable, but it's a win. And then there's the Hawaii Rainbows at home. And we talked about this Friday. I think you were here with me Friday. I was. When these teams go and have to travel to Hawaii, there's jet lag. There just is. It's a different feeling. You're not, you don't have your normal sleep. It's bizarre. Same thing when Hawaii comes over here, they have it difficult. I guess Vanderbilt went over there in July because they certainly had no jet lag. It was 14 to 10 Vanderbilt, midway second quarter. I was getting nine. <laughs> 63 to 10 was the final. Commodore scored 35 points in the third quarter. That is the largest margin of victory for Vanderbilt against a Division I opponent since 1951. Oh, my gosh. Now, you don't beat teams by 53 very often. I get that. Especially if you're Vanderbilt. And you're Vanderbilt. But not only did I lose that one, that was a uh, midway third quarter time to go night-night. Um, but look, college football's back. Had a great weekend watching college football. Watched all of the Nebraska-Northwestern game. Uh, during commercials, I would flip over and watch, uh, check out what WKU was doing. Uh, I watched a, a significant amount of the Florida State game, a little bit of the Carolina game. They, uh, they trounced Florida A&M. Florida A&M stayed in the game for a while. 56-24 was the final. Well, they covered by a long shot. They did. Um, no no TV set up at the Spears household? No, no. I, I need that. Yeah, I need it's a that. must-have. Yeah. 
I, look, I got the MLB Extra Innings Package, so I got eight games on at a time on my TV. But you're right. Because, you know, like yesterday, I had baseball going on. I got some parlays going. But golf, the tour championship's on. And it's it's painful to flip back and forth. You're right. I need another TV. I actually need three. If my wife's listening, <laughs> honey, I need three televisions. Uh, Utah State beat UConn, but the uh, Huskies covered that one, 31-20. They would. UConn got up 14 nothing. Yeah, yeah. And there were Husky fans coming out of the woodwork. They went back into the woodwork, but they were coming out of the woodwork. I was kicking myself for not live betting that six and a half. North Texas beat uh, UTEP 31-13. That was the only other game of interest to, uh, I guess, the gambling public because it wasn't of interest to anybody else. Uh, all right, we start Thursday this week. It's great. All right, I got a text here from, um, and I want to read it, and I'm going to read it. I haven't read it. It's long, and this is a live read. So if there, you, you got the seven-second delay ready? I got it. Yeah. Okay. Eight-second. I'm way. a Stoops guy, but this suspension unavailability stuff is really ridiculous. This isn't something new. This has been out there for four-plus months. And that's the best answer he can come up with? That's stupid. No other way around it. Be a leader. Address the issue head on. You can't claim to be open and honest, which he did say today, and then hide behind that word, sal- word salad of an answer. He said he will address it next week, which is exactly what he said last week. Something seems really off about this whole thing, and I'm thinking this could have NCAA violations attached with it. Ooh. Thank you, Moot. For the uh, for the text, as a media member, look, there's two schools of thought here. School number one is he have to tell us anything, right? His job is to get his team ready and try to win football games. That's it. The media responsibility is something the SEC makes these coaches do. They make them have conference calls. They make them have press conferences. But the other school of thought is, hey, look, these media people are out here to do a job. I know our, our friend of the show, John Hale, was there. He's been texting. I know how frustrated he is. They got These people have a job to do. They have a job to do. And I don't think it's asking too much to look at the press corps and tell them who's not going to play, how long they potentially could be out, and then why they're not going to play. I don't think that's I don't think the the questions coming from the media are too over the top. I don't. But all of a sudden, he's he's done great things in Kentucky, but man, he is secretive. This Chris Rodriguez thing, we know about the DUI. We know he pleaded guilty to it. Maybe it's a one-game suspension. Maybe it's a three-game suspension. They got Florida next, the following week in Gainesville. If he's out, just tell me he's out. Just tell me he's out. And we know there's another issue other than the DUI. Okay. If you don't want to address the issue, if you want to give your player privacy, I get that. But tell me how long he's going to be out. Because this has been months in the making. If you don't know how long he's going to be out, then you're not doing your job. you got to know the answer to this by now. 
I mean, it's maybe one of those situations that he does know the answer, but oh, I promise you, he that, knows the that, answer. That changes game plans for the teams coming up. Florida's going to prepare for no Chris Rodriguez, absolutely. Whereas right now they don't, they have no idea. They're going to prepare for no Chris Rodriguez anyway. He's not playing in week two. He's not because if he was, this would have been the perfect opportunity to say he's going to be out this week. That's his punishment for the DUI and. Uh, He's he's taking care of all the other stuff that went along with that as far as community service and things that we've asked him to do. He'll be back next week. He's not going to be back against Florida. He's probably not going to be back the, the following week either. Maybe he doesn't play all year. I don't know. But this murkiness and this uh, secretiveness, is that a word? Yeah. It is It is draining. It's draining on the fan base. Forget the media. It's draining on the fan base. Kentucky should be Kentucky should be celebrating what could be a great season right now. And it is hard to do that if you're a Kentucky fan when you can't get any answers from the coach about who's going to be playing any given week. Thank goodness for Will Levis. Thank goodness for Rick Scangarello, the new athletic the new uh, offense coordinator. Right? Because they give you positive vibe here. Brad White, defense coordinator, positive vibe. Mark Stoops gets in front of the press conference, doesn't want to say anything. Doesn't want to say anything. And guess what? When he was three and nine, he, he did plenty of talking. Maybe that's why he's maybe that's why he's like, hey, we're nine and three. I don't have to talk. I'm not talking anymore. All right, I gotta take a break. I don't want to because I'm angry. <laughs> but I gotta take a break. College football week two, look at some of these games coming up, uh, early previews of some of these games. A little baseball as well on the other side. NFL preseason is over. I'm ready. I got a fantasy draft on uh, Labor Day night, which is next Monday, so very excited. We'll uh, be back. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Final segment of the day. Eminem Cartage hotline open 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. Summer Cash Bash continues at Thornton's each week. One lucky refreshing rewards member wins ten grand all summer long with his grand prize 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Two steps here. Open your Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands, Bud Light 12-packs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313 and hit me up on the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. U.S. Open tennis starts today. Serena Williams may be her last match ever, question mark. 7 o'clock tonight, ESPN. She's lost her last two openers in the last two tournaments she's played in. And she has said she's going to step away from the game. She wants to have another child. And you can't be all in, according to Serena, 
if you're going to have another kid. So this could be it tonight. Uh, Justin Verlander left the Astros game after three innings yesterday with a calf issue, having an MRI today. We'll know more tomorrow. The Astros are the best team in the American League. The Yankees lost two out of three to Oakland this weekend. Yikes. Yankees going backwards, folks. They are. Stanton's back in the lineup. Doesn't seem to matter. Uh, the Cardinals beat Atlanta last night 6-3. They took two out of three from the Braves in what could be could be a preview of a series uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota swept the Giants, so they got a little closer to Cleveland. Seattle took two out of three at home against Cleveland this weekend, so that sent, uh, the White Sox just stink. The White Sox are done. They, uh, they lost two out of three. To, uh, who did they lose to? I got it here somewhere. Arizona. Yikes. In Chicago. I'm sorry. They got swept by Arizona in Chicago. So the White Sox are five back now. They are done. Mets took two out of three from Colorado. That's expected. Baltimore went into Houston and took two out of three. Now those games were two nothing, three to one, and three to one. So not a lot of offense there. But Baltimore just hanging around. Baltimore at Cleveland or Minnesota in a wild card round sounds awesome to me. You got to be a baseball fan to understand that, but that sounds awesome. Angels swept Toronto in Toronto, so the Jays are going the wrong way. Uh, Otani and Trout homered yesterday, both for the Angels. All right. Uh, before I get to college football, and this upcoming slate of games this week. Steelers lost uh, wide receiver Deontay Johnson yesterday to a shoulder injury. Don't know how long he's going to be out. And uh, edge rusher T.J. Watt left the game with a knee injury yesterday. Uh, they don't think either one of these is too serious, but, boy, that's a that's a tough way to end week three in the last preseason game there. Mike Tomlin said if this was a regular season game, they probably both would have came back into the game. I still don't – I hate – you know what word I hate? Knee. Mm-hmm. I hate the word knee. Uh, and T.J. Watt, one of the best there is at it, but uh, – The best. Whew. Oh, you're a Steeler guy, right? The best. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to say Micah Parsons is pretty good and will surpass T.J. Watt this season. Not a shot. Uh, Aaron Donald's pretty good. I don't know if you heard of him. All right. I'd give Aaron Donald over to you. <laughs> uh, they, the Steelers did beat Detroit 19-9. That was the last preseason game. That's did, it. Did you watch it? No. Lions executed an onside kick. They did what Nebraska couldn't do. Well, I will see all of the highlights tomorrow night on uh, Hard Knocks. There you go. With the Detroit Lions on HBO. So I'll, I didn't need to watch the game. I'll it, see all the it highlights. It was a perfect tomorrow. onside. Mitchell Trubisky, 15 of 19, 160 yards and a touchdown. He's the starter. That's it. If you start Trubisky, then if things go south, you can bring in Pickett. But if you start Pickett, he's your quarterback, right? I mean, he he might have a Peyton Manning year where he or a remember Troy Aikman's first year. I think the Cowboys won two games. You just have that year, and you say, you know what? Here's the ball. Go out and play. You're going to learn. But the Steelers, I think, have to go with Trubisky to start out. And by the way. He took the Bears to the playoffs two out of four years. He's not a bad quarterback. He gets a bad rap. He was with a bad team, and he got to sit behind Josh Allen at Buffalo and learn a few more things last year. 
Trubisky, I think the Steelers are going to be better than people think. And I hate to say that with Justin on the other side of the glass. Come on. Because I am not a Steeler fan. Uh, Tom Brady had a press conference, impromptu press conference, uh, after the Buccaneers lost again in the preseason. All right. I was wrong when I said he wasn't going to come back. He took his 10-day break. I said he's not coming back. He certainly didn't sound like a guy that wanted to be there after that game. He actually played in the last preseason game. You don't see that from the starters very often, but he played. Uh, Tampa Bay lost to the Colts 27-10, to which doesn't mean anything. It's preseason. But Brady was 6 of 8 for 44 yards before he came out and gave way to Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. Look, he's not happy. He didn't sound happy. He was asked about, of course, the reporter has to ask him, why did you leave for 10 days? He, he was brutally honest. This is not Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, where you don't say anything, you don't tell the media anything, Everything is a covert operation, whether it's a, a deflate gate or taking videos you shouldn't. Everything's clandestine up in New England. It's different in Tampa. He's a different Tom Brady. Remember the, the Tom Brady that went out on the boat and celebrated the championship and oh, couldn't yeah. walk off the boat by himself? Threw the Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat? That's the Tom Brady we got now. And he was brutally honest. He said, look. Got a lot of challenges in life. I'm 45 years old, and there's a lot of bleep going on. I personally think he's having trouble family-wise. That's it. Now, I hope it's not one of his kids. Maybe he and Giselle aren't just aren't on the same page here. But he looked like a guy that that uh, was having a lot of issues at home and didn't want to be there. But he but he wants to be there because he's addicted to football. If he wasn't addicted to football, he wouldn't be playing football anymore. He's a guy who watches tape nonstop. He is until this year, he didn't miss training camp. He wants all the reps at training camp. He wants to get on the same page with his receivers. For him to take 10 days off to go home and be with his family for whatever reason, it is a huge statement. Something is wrong. Maybe he wishes he stayed retired. Maybe he's he's just learning, you know what? I need my family needs me more. My kids need me more. Maybe Giselle's not happy. And I learned this a long time ago, and I hope my wife is listening because she knows. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And I don't care if you're homeless or if you're Tom Brady. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. What's that they say? Happy wife, happy life? Happy wife, happy life. And you know what? It's true. Some things are just sayings. That one's true. And and he should want to make Giselle happy. And if he doesn't want to make Giselle happy, maybe Justin can go make Giselle happy. I'm married, but maybe you can go make yourself. Certainly try. I know. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thursday night, Penn State at Purdue. That is, uh, I know West Virginia plays Pitt. Pitt's the uh, only ranked team playing on Thursday night, but I think Penn State Purdue, great game. Eight o'clock, Fox, per, uh, Penn State, three and a half point favorite on the road. 
Uh, I'm, I'll pick it Thursday for you, but I will say this. Penn State, or excuse me, Purdue, under Jeff Brom, has had memorable, exciting, big wins on national TV at home, at home. I remember the Ohio State game. I was in Lexington watching Kentucky and Mississippi State from the press box. Awful game. But really, I was sitting next to Rick Bozich watching his computer. We were watching Ohio State and Purdue. I couldn't tell you what happened in one play of that Kentucky-Mississippi State game. And he does this once every couple years. They have one of those games where they trounce somebody that you don't think they should trounce. I kind of get a feeling that might be what's going to happen on Thursday. I'm not giving you my pick yet because, remember, last week I said I like Northwestern all week, and then I took Nebraska on on Friday. Yikes. Illinois and Indiana, a game you'll be able to hear here on the Big X, Friday night, 8 o'clock, FS1, and the Big X. Indiana, three-point favorite. I'm a little leery of that now after what Illinois – now, I know it's Wyoming. I'm a lot leery of that. I get it. I get it. But Illinois offensively, and I watched about – about a quarter and a half, almost a full half of that game. Illinois looked good. They looked crisp offensively. I know it's Wyoming, but I test. Illinois was more impressive than I've seen them in the last few years. Saturday, Miami at Ohio at uh, Miami of Ohio at Kentucky, seven o'clock. That is on ESPN Plus. Kentucky seventeen half point favorite. Miami's supposed to win their division in the MAC. Let me tell you what, Mark Stoops, you're being surly. You don't want to talk. You're being secretive. You better beat Miami of Ohio. I'm just saying. If uh, you think people are angry now about, I mean, you're coming off a 10-win season. People are angry because you don't want to address the Chris Rodriguez issue or tell the tell the fans who else is not playing. Don't lose because the mob will the mob mentality will take over. If that line had 17, that is juicy. <laughs> Louisville at Syracuse, Saturday, 8 o'clock, ACC Network. Cards four-point favorite. I'm leery of that one, too. I'm not going to lie. Road openers are never fun. Road openers in conference are never fun. That's why, Illinois, I'm, if, if you're an Indiana fan, at least you're at home on Friday. In front of 3,000 people. That's okay. <laughs> How many of you think are going to be in the, in the carrier dome for UofL Syracuse? True. All right, the great game. Look, we didn't, we never saw this in the past, but we've got three games on Saturday matching top twenty-five teams. Eleventh-ranked Oregon at third-ranked Georgia. That's juicy. That is juicy. Even though the dogs are seventeen and a half point favorites, three thirty on uh, ABC. Twenty-third-ranked Cincinnati at nineteenth-ranked Arkansas. Cincinnati lost a bunch of studs to the pros. And the Hogs are six-point favorites. That's 3.30 on ESPN. And then Notre Dame and Ohio State, number five against number two, Saturday, ABC, 7.30, Ohio State, 17 and a half. That's a big number. Sunday night, Florida State at LSU. Monday night, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Man, it's going to be a fun week. And college game day ESPN, Jack Harlow will perform and be the guest picker. Louisville's not playing. Why is Jack Harlow the guest picker? Because he's everybody loves him. I, look, I watched the opening last night, MTV Video Music Awards. Jack Harlow Fergie killed it. Loved it. I didn't watch any more of it. I don't know anybody else that was on it, except Eminem and Snoop. 
Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Egg.